Good evening, everybody. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM, brought to you by CFRC's local news collective, Alexandra Fernandez, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Christina Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Erica Singh, and Mary McKetty. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your local news rundown. Coming up this week is the Kingston Canadian Festival happening from March 2nd to the 5th and there is so much to look forward to. It is starting tomorrow on March 2nd on Thursday with a very exciting opening night film called Rice Boy Sleeps happening at 7pm at the Isabel Bader Centre. There are very few tickets left so go grab them while you can by going to the website kingcanfilmfest.com You can find all the information about the movies and the tickets and the screenings and stuff there. One film that I want to highlight that will be playing at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, which is unfortunately a sold-out screening, is called Drop the Needle. It is a documentary film about a record store called Play to Record in Toronto, and it is very interesting, very exciting, and I thought it would be great to highlight since we are a radio station, we are CFRC, and a lot of what we play and our whole mandate is to promote local music and to you know bring light to underground artists and that is exactly what this record store did in toronto and there is a whole film about it and it looks super interesting you can go and look up drop the needle and find the film's website online but it is going to be an amazing screening and i had such an amazing opportunity to chat with the co-producer and co-writer of the film so let's welcome neil onto cfrc 101.9 fm to chat about drop the needle film how are you doing today I'm doing great, Alexander. Thank you very much. Uh, very happy to uh, be coming back to Kingston uh, to screen Drop the Needle on Saturday, uh, Saturday at 9.45 p.m. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your film career right now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the movie uh, Drop the Needle is essentially a collaboration between myself and uh director Rob Freeman, uh, who's also a Kingston guy originally. He might have even appeared on a few shows at CFRC. Um, he, he, he's the, it's, it's, this entire film's under his uh, production company banner, which is Canterbury Crescent Filmworks, which is actually named after a street in Kingston. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I would say this is the first major project we worked on. Um, and it's the first major project for both of us. We've done, uh, we've dabbled in, in various things. I mean, I've had a film in a film festival before a long time ago uh, when I was in journalism school. I had a documentary called Endless Winter that uh, was submitted into the Atlantic Film Festival in 2003 that, that ended up being selected. Rob's been working in film for a long time. Uh, but we kind of collaborated on this project to um, to kind of I guess document the story of, of um, a pretty incredible man, Eugene Tam, who, mm-hmm. who opened this record store in in Toronto um, in 1990, and it uh, it's kind of it's got a legendary uh, quality to it. it. It it is legendary. It's not just a legendary quality. And we just came together to make this film, and it's essentially our first major project. Yeah, that sounds really amazing. And I was watching the trailer for the film and it looks really cool. And you have so many, you know, big Toronto like DJs and stuff too that are being featured. What kind of, uh, you know, made you want to um, and inspire you folks to, you know, make a film about um, Play the Record Store in Toronto? Well, um, I mean, it's kind of a long story that I'll try and keep as, 
you know, concise as I can. Um, essentially, I'd, I'd gone to play the record I, in Kingston, actually. There's a, a Kingston connection. I grew up in Kingston. That time, that was known as the store if you wanted to get underground music. And this underground music is a lot of, you know, has offshoots to what's popular now. But back in the day in Kingston, for example, you couldn't get hip hop on the radio. You kind of had to go and seek it out. And we'd heard that. Um, um, that that there's a place in Toronto that sold these records of these groups we were we were listening to, uh, you know that we'd seen on on Rap City and so on and Electric Circus. So we drive up. Um, so I, I was going, I went up in the mid '90s. I wasn't a big uh, vinyl guy or a DJ, but I'd go up with friends um, like Jesse Otaki, who actually was at CFRC before me and had a kind of a groundbreaking hip hop show that broke records on the air. Um, you know, records you wouldn't be able to hear on Kingston Airways, right? Mm-hmm. There's no internet. So so the only way to hear it is if you tuned into CFRC and the mainstream stations were not playing these songs, yeah. um, you know, by whoever, Eric B. and Rakim or Souls of Mischief or any of the, you know, countless talented uh, electronic uh, DJs or producers. So we'd, we'd go up. I'd, I'd been to play the record. I was aware of it. Uh, fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm working as a journalist. Uh, Rob is uh you know doing his thing in film and he phones me one day and he's talking about uh different ideas to pursue and um at that point played a record had moved across the street from me on spadina avenue and i've been going in just speaking with eugene uh who is the owner eugene tam mm-hmm. uh because the store is still in operation and we basically just you know i said well you know like there, there's a store and let's think about this and rob took the bull by the horns and we came together uh, to to tell the story, and the story has so many different elements that make it unique. Um, really, I guess what it comes down to is through this door, a culture was able to thrive um, and become what it is. And what it is is like like you were just saying, you know, a guy like Russell Peters was going in there in 1990 in his 20s, uh, picking up records, just starting off as a comedian. And it became a hub, and he would meet guys there that were DJing or or promoting, and you know, like John Ramos, for example, hmm. uh, who's a promoter. So it wasn't just DJs; they'd all come together, and they created a, an amazing culture. And you see right now, I mean, what are the most popular forms of music uh, commercially? And it's you know, I guess you'd call it hip hop. I don't, I wouldn't say it's the hip hop we listened to back in the day, but you know, popular hip hop, uh, EDM, which is essentially the pop version of all these electro sounds mm-hmm. um, and all of that was coming out of this store and if you you know select others uh, that were catering to the underground scene yeah that sounds awesome and it's really cool to hear about you know a record store with so much history um, and there are so many like that in Toronto but one that really like started this whole movement and this whole sort of um you know, very much like it's upbringing of this genre and the sort of music and being able to have Ooh. a place where people can discover music like this because, yeah, it wasn't stuff that was featured on um, mainstream media and things like that for sure. And uh, right. especially as someone who works in independent radio, that's always amazing to hear. And uh, I definitely want to 
pay a visit to uh, play the record store here in Toronto. Thank you so much. Um, folks, like we said, the screening is sold out, um, happening this Saturday, 9.45 p.m. at the screening room. But um, for more information about the film, you can go to the website, dropthenedlemovie.com, um, and uh, check it out, learn a little bit more, and you'll find all the names of a lot of the people, um, if not all the people, like the casting crew in the film um, that I peruse myself. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. And uh, it seems like a really great film. Um, so thank you so much neil for chatting with me about the film and best of luck thank you very much all the best and uh continued success uh, in your career and uh with uh, cfrc Thank you so much for such an amazing conversation. For the full interview, be sure to check out my interview with Neil happening tomorrow, Thursday, March 2nd at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM and CFRC.ca. Now, let's start over to Erica Singh with our Campus Corner for the week. Hello and welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh and here are your campus news headlines for today. Queen's has suspended admissions to its Bachelor of Fine Arts or BFA program for the next two years as the Faculty of Arts and Science seeks to revamp the program. The decision was made following a consultation process with the students that lasted several months, during which concerns were raised about the program structure. The program is composed of six or nine unit studio courses that make it difficult for students to complete minors or go on exchange. Current BFA students will now remain enrolled in the program and will be unaffected by the suspension. The Arts ID Dean, Barbara Crow, has promised to support current students while a committee will work on renewing the BFA program and developing its curricula during its suspension. The faculty will also consider re-departmentalizing the program under the Department of Art History and Art Conservation, as suggested by BFA students in the past. The decision to suspend admissions was not driven by budget concerns, but rather a desire to build a better program, according to Warren Maybe, the Associate Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences. Students who applied for the 2023 entry into the BFA program have been notified of the potential suspension and will be helped by the FAS to find a place elsewhere at Queen's if they wish to. In other news, Queen's is increasing its cybersecurity measures due to an explosion of global cyber threats and higher unusual traffic from Russia. Ukraine's Western allies were targeted at the start of the Russia-Ukraine conflict, including higher education institutions in Canada. The university's IT team faces tens of thousands of cybersecurity tasks to a system every day, according to the school's chief information officer and associate vice principal of IT services, Marie Claude. Queen's is changing its multi-factor authentication system through the Microsoft Authenticator app, which will now display the location of the authentication request. Marie Claude also said that frequently updating the MFA systems is one way to protect the systems and data against attackers by confirming the identity of users in multiple ways. Queen's made MFA mandatory for students, staff, and faculty in 2021. Next, the Vini Bayako Area Health Authority, or WAHA, Queen's University, and the MasterCard Foundation are collaborating to create the Queen's Vini Bayako Health Education Program, a healthcare training program that aims to transform healthcare in Northeastern Ontario and expand education and job opportunities for Indigenous youth. The program will prepare Indigenous students for careers in medicine, nursing, midwifery, and other health professions through culturally informed education. 
Local youth will be able to envision, pursue, and succeed in health professions training right from high school. Enrollment could start as early as September 2025 with an ultimate enrollment of 240 students per year across the health professions. The program aims to address healthcare challenges facing remote Indigenous communities, including low accessibility to providers and facilities, the need for cultural safety, health outcome gaps, and the underrepresentation of Indigenous people among health professionals. WAHA and the Queen's University's Health Sciences Department will co-op a university curriculum for health professionals training in the Western James Bay region. The MasterCard Foundation is involved in this partnership, which aims to support 100,000 Indigenous young people on their pathways to education onto meaningful livelihoods by 2030. The MasterCard Foundation committed more than $31 million to support this partnership. Lastly, Dr. Nicole Robitaille, an assistant professor of marketing at the Smith School of Business, has been honored with the 2023 Responsible Business Education Award from the Financial Times. The award recognizes Dr. Robitaille's work on improving organ donor registrations in Ontario, which has helped increase registration from 24% in 2014 to 35% today. Her research involved with simplifying registration forms, providing promotional materials at the right time, and using a tactic called reciprocal altruism to motivate potential donors. The findings of her study have had a significant impact on saving or improving the lives of thousands of people. The award acknowledges the contributions of researchers in business schools whose work helps organizations and companies achieve positive social impact. That's all for Campus Corner today. Now over to sports. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Tonight, your Queen's Golden Gales women's basketball team are scheduled to play the Waterloo Warriors at 7 p.m. in the Arc Main Gym. Queen's Athletics and Recreation has been made aware of an attempted security breach on Audience View campus, a third-party vendor contracted by universities and colleges to produce online ticket sales for events. In an abundance of caution, they have turned off all online ticket sales until they complete their investigation, including the Gales Ticketing Hub. As a result, A&R will not be able to sell any tickets for upcoming Gales home playoff games through the ticketing platform. Thankfully, tickets for the Gratelli Cup semifinals can be purchased in person before the 7 o'clock start time. Going into their match, the Gales have reclaimed their number one spot in U Sports National Women's Basketball Rankings. In second are the Carlton Ravens, who are playing the McMaster Marauders tonight at 6 o'clock. Queen's Distance Tracks' Jude Wheeler D finished OUA's Track and Field Championship in Windsor, Ontario this past weekend with two gold medals. Finishing first in the men's 1,000 meter and men's 1,500 meter events. The Gales also earned a bronze in the women's 4x800 meter relay event with a team of Gillian Porter, Madeline Bullock, Olivia Hendricks, and Elizabeth Vroom finishing third. In the men's 3,000 meter event, Miles Brackburney finished just off the podium with his fifth place result. Just behind Brackburney for the Gales was Roman Mirnov in seventh. Brackburney ran a 8.24.20 and was able to be seated 12th for the men's 3,000 meter relay at the U Sports Indoor Track and Field Championship. Accompanying him will be Wheeler D as the second ranked men's 1,000 meter runner and the fourth ranked 1,500 meter runner. And finally, Bullock, Porter, Hendricks, and Vroom will go in the seventh ranked 4x800 meter relay team 
On that note, that is all for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Now over to Chris Laurie with a community update. This is Chris coming in with your community update for this week. Critically acclaimed Kingston-based composer and producer Michael C. Duguay, Halifax's award-winning minimalist chambered jazz quartet New Hermitage, and Toronto-slash-Peterborough's Polaris-nominated hymn-drum duo Joyful Joyful will be artists in residence at the Hotel Wolf Island from March 6th to 10th. Over the course of this residency, this seven-piece ensemble will be working on collaboratively composing material for a forthcoming recording project in Halifax in June. Produced by Duguay, this recording will incorporate the group's broad musical interests, combining their backgrounds in jazz, classical, drone, folk, ambient, improvisational, minimalist, and avant-garde music, and will feature more than 30 other musicians from the Nova Scotian creative music community. This residency and recording project has been funded by the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. This project was developed out of a summer 2022 festival performance at Sappyfest in Sackville, New Brunswick, where New Hermitage and Joyful Joyful, meeting for the first time, joined Duguay for an unscripted, improvisational performance oriented around his songwriter material. The performance received a standing ovation and the ensemble decided to pursue the project further, with Duguay shifting from principal songwriter to co-composer and producer. Local audiences are invited to join the ensemble on Friday, March 10th for a collaborative performance of improvised music and new material, composed over the course of the group's residency featuring saxophone, cello, harp, electric guitar, piano, accordion, electronics, and voice. The performance is from 8 to 10 p.m. in the hotel's piano lounge. KFPL partnering with five Ontario library systems, expanding ebook lending. Kingston Frontenac Public Library users, your digital bookshelf is growing. KFPL is partnering with Burlington, Hamilton, London, Mississauga, and Ottawa Public Libraries to provide greater access to ebooks and e audiobooks through Overdrive and its app, Libby. Kimberly Sutherland Mills, Director, Service Design and Delivery, stated, our partnership with these excellent Ontario library systems supports the work we all do to promote literacy and provide a breadth of resources for our communities. While we are always growing our own digital collections, now library users can enjoy even more ebooks and e-audiobooks on one user-friendly platform. KFPL's reciprocal lending agreement with these libraries took effect on March 1, 2023. Library users can access the digital shelves at Burlington, Hamilton, London, Mississauga, and Ottawa, unlocking more than 300,000 books, all using a KFPL library card number and PIN. Patrons will even be able to reserve books at their partner libraries. Just keep in mind that every library's own members will have their reservations prioritized over visiting members. Your best bet is to always start with KFPL's collection and then visit their partners for something you can't find with them. KFPL returned to Overdrive as its ebook and e-audiobook provider in January 2023. Anyone with a valid KFPL membership can use it to borrow ebooks, e-audiobooks, and digital magazines. You can access their Overdrive collection in many ways. On the web at kfpl.overdrive.com, on an e-reader, or through Overdrive's mobile app, Libby, and the libbyapp.com website. Library cards are free for anyone who lives in the city of Kingston or Frontenac County. Author Jean Ray Baxter to host memoir writing workshop for seniors. It's never too late to share your story. In Jean Ray Baxter's upcoming workshop, Telling Your Story, Seniors Writing Workshop Series, seniors have a unique opportunity to learn how to craft a compelling memoir or tell a family story that will captivate for generations to come. Baxter, an accomplished author and writing instructor, will lead a weekly workshop over five sessions, every Tuesday from 2 until 4 p.m. 
from March 21st through April 18th at the Storrington Center at 3910 Battersea Road in Sudbury, Ontario. During the workshop, Baxter will guide participants through tools commonly used in fiction writing to craft engaging and emotionally impactful memoirs. The memories we hold become more precious the older we get, and the story of one's life is a wonderful gift to give, said Anne Hall, local history and heritage librarian. This is an opportunity for seniors to learn how to tell their stories while building community and socializing. Attendees are required to attend all five sessions and commit to spending two to three hours each week on homework assignments, as the workshop will emphasize learning through writing. Because space is limited, this commitment to the program structure ensures that all available registrations are used for willing participants. Writing pads will be provided for those who prefer paper, but participants are welcome to bring their own laptop or tablet if they prefer electronic devices. Registration opens on Saturday, March 11th, and enrollment is limited to 23 participants. Anyone interested in attending must register online at calendar.kfpl.ca or by calling 613-549-8888. That's all for your community update this week, and next up is Mary with the weather. Thanks so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your CFRC weather report. Early Wednesday morning, foggy patches are expected to dissipate, so conditions will be a mix of sun and cloud for the rest of the morning. Winds will be up to 15 kilometers per hour, with a temperature high of plus 2 by the afternoon. Wednesday evening will be cloudy, with a 60% chance of flurries and the risk of freezing drizzle overnight. Winds will be out of the south at 20 kilometers per hour, with a temperature low of minus 1. Thursday morning will remain cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries or rain showers. We will reach a high of plus 4 in the afternoon. Conditions will start to clear Thursday evening with a temperature low of minus 10. Now over to Alex with our traffic report. Thank you so much. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Jackson Mills Road from MacGyver to Burbrook will be closed until March 10th. Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is closed until further notice. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until April 31st at 7 p.m. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until October 31st. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays until June 29th. McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The Play Street Initiative is also in place. Thomas Street from County to Patrick is closed from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. on Mondays until August 28th. There is a parking disruption that is in place this week. The Chown Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is expected to get underway in the next few weeks. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, renewal of waterproofing materials and upgrades to the building, mechanical and electrical systems. The work is expected to begin early this month and conclude in late December. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to the public parking for the duration of the project. Phased work areas will occupy a maximum of 25% of the available parking stalls at a time, so that means up to 115 spaces will be out of commission, but there is parking availability at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the east of the Chown Memorial parking structure. Some other delays that you can expect, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays, construction barrels and flag people will be around to direct traffic around the work zone, and with regards to the 
Portsmouth waterfront pathway to accommodate pathway intraline improvements. The city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Moa Avenue and Young Street and east of Lake Watch Lane, so just be aware of that as well. That's your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. And now let's throw it over to Mary McKetty with our events calendar of the week. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your events calendar for the week. This Wednesday, make sure to stop by the main floor of McIntosh Corey Hall, located at 68 University Avenue, to catch Gideon from the David Suzuki Foundation. From 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., they will be talking about the climate crisis and our role within it. This event does not require registration and is free to attend, so make sure to pay a visit. This Thursday to Sunday, don't forget to secure your tickets for the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. The KCFF is the world's largest film festival dedicated exclusively to Canadian film and includes events such as movie screenings, live music, and stand-up comedy from Canadian greats like Gordon Pinsett and cast members from Letterkenny. For more information about the KCFF, its events, event locations, and ticket purchases, head over to kingcanfilmfest.com. Also on Thursday, the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce will be hosting their annual Powering Success event at the Renaissance Event Venue, located at 285 Queen Street. Powering Success is an event that showcases local entrepreneurs, where they are able to discuss their paths to success with participants. This event will be held from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m., with general admission tickets priced at $45. Further information can be found at kingstonchamber.ca events. Make sure to stop by The Mansion, located at 506 Princess Street, this Friday for live indie rock performances from Kings of Queens and Girl Dad the Band. Each band is made up of talented Queens students, sure to give you a great show. Tickets are $15 at the door and doors open at 8pm. Additional information can be found on Instagram at Kings of Queens, and that's Kings0FQueens with no capitals, spaces, or punctuation in their username. Coming up on Saturday, Queen Save the Mothers will be hosting their annual Women's Health Conference. Queen Save the Mothers, QSM, is an alma mater society ratified club with a mission to train local leaders in the developing world to reduce maternal mortality rates in their communities. Their Women's Health Conference will assist in fundraising to support this mission. You can purchase one ticket for $10 or three tickets for a reduced price at $25. Further information and ticket purchases can be made online by going to QSM's Instagram at queens underscore save the mothers with no capitals or numbers in their username. I'm Mary McKetty and those are all the events that we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning into CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.